0: and good evening football fans once again welcome to the show 30 minutes of football talk coming up it's the season finale of the double E coaches show last time you'll hear from uh, scott milanovich unless something major happens of course between now and the end of 2020 until uh, probably into february when we'll uh, start things up again uh, talking uh double E football and the cfl let's bring in uh, scott milanovich now the head coach of uh, the double E football club hey scott how you doing i'm um, good morning how are you you know what, I'm doing good. Uh, uh f- just a few days ago to Christmas, so everybody's getting excited. Uh, some time offs coming. Uh what's uh, what's your schedule look like for Christmas? Are you are you going anywhere? Are you doing anything? Are you getting some time off?
1: Yeah, getting a little bit of time off. Uh we're just gonna stay here. We we're we we're gonna go visit my folks, but uh, things are uh things are a little rough in Pennsylvania with the COVID, So we're just
0: gonna kinda lay low. My daughter has a birthday tomorrow
1: and uh we're just gonna enjoy uh, enjoy a quiet Christmas
0: night. When was the last time you had a I, I don't know what there you have two kids, right? So just just a small number of people around the table. When was the last time you had a small Christmas like that?
1: I don't know if we ever have. Even even when I was working through the NFL season, usually somebody was here, whether it was my family or Jamie's family or or what the case may be. So this will be uh this will be a first for us, I think.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are in that category, and, and rightly so. It's what everybody needs to do right now, and just uh, stay at home and and uh, stay healthy, and visit everybody next Christmas. I think has got to be the game plan going forward for sure. Uh, all right, what about the what about the you and the coaches? I imagine you're probably taking gonna take a break until uh, till into January a little bit. Well, the,
1: we got some projects going on, so it depends on kind of let them handle it how they wanted to handle it we've got uh, some free agent projects going on with the coaches um basically what i have the coaches doing is um, uh checking out their position across free agency and then their counter position so the receivers coach would do uh reports on receivers and then he would also do reports on defensive backs and that way we're getting some eyes on it but they've got uh, they've got a couple weeks to get it done so if they want to take a take a week off and and grind the other time they can. I'll I'll be working here a little bit, but nothing too serious here in the next week or so.
0: Yeah, I should have prefaced that with uh, the fact that football coaches are pretty much always working and always looking at video or always doing something along those lines for sure. Uh, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, as you're starting to plan for 2021 and training camp and a season going forward, how much further ahead are you now compared to where you would be in normal years at this point because you've had all this extra time through the cancelled season in 2020? Has ha, has has your workload or will your workload be a little bit lighter or do you just find other things to do with maybe the extra time you have?
1: I think a little bit of both. I definitely feel um, a lot further ahead, uh, certainly at this point than, than in years past, certainly than I, than I did a year ago, um, you know, getting into the free agent stuff. And, and I've had eyes on a, on a lot of the the free agent American guys that, that we're interested in that are on our neck list. So, um, I have a lot better feel, I think, going going forward here at this time of the year than I did. The other thing too is, you know, preparing for training camp and everything last year without having a season, you know, not not as much is going to change. So, um, a good portion of that work's done. We'll still do, you know, we're still looking and. and Doing research and development, trying to see what we can add to our packages to make them better. But there's a good majority of that stuff that that's done. So um, I'd say we're we're significantly ahead of where we normally would be.
0: Let's go back to a year ago at this time. You're finishing up your duties with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're probably thinking, "Man, I don't have enough time to get everything I want to get done." You were preparing to do, get everything done in a short off season heading into the the 2020 season, and then you get the longest off season ever, it seems. Uh, and I guess you got to get you got to reap some benefits from that, right? As you as you head into 2021, with as you say, more things done and more things completed, and maybe a, a better look at things.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, at this time last year, I was. You know, working a working a full day and then at ten o'clock at night I was trying to get on the phone and, and start to try to round up coaches and, and have interviews and and get our staff in place. So um I didn't even get a chance to look at, at our own personnel until probably mid January. So um yeah, we're a lot further along. You know, I, I know all the coaches now. We have some history together, we've spent time in meetings, we kinda know what to expect. So um should be for for a smoother offseason for us and uh and i expect us to be ready to go
0: and of course it's nice to be into those those off season news items that we're hearing about a couple of things i want to discuss with you that happened uh this week uh, one player signing uh came about uh this week and uh the nag list was also uh, released or at least 10 names from the the nag list was released this week let's start there uh familiar name to EE fans, Shane Zilstra is on, a receiver from uh, Minnesota Mankato, of course, the brother of Brandon Zilstra, who uh, uh, we all know in these parts uh, very well. Uh, also, uh, I guess the name that jumps out at, at most football uh, people when you see the uh, the neg list for the double E is quarterback Josh Rosen. Uh, he's on the uh, the uh, EE NAG list as a quarterback from UCLA. First round draft pick of the Cardinals in 2018, I think it was, now with uh, Tampa on their practice squad. Not sure what the chances are if we'll ever see him in the canadian football league but what do you know about josh rosen
1: yeah i um i interviewed josh at the combine uh, the year he came out he's um yeah if i recall i think his mom might have been a doctor comes from a very good family um highly intelligent he was i thought that year he was a very good west coast kind of pocket passer and um you know for whatever reason that hasn't worked out for him he's kind of putting in a couple of system changes over his first two years and it just hasn't worked for him so i don't know the reason he was a pretty polished player coming out when he was at ucla um the, his coordinator there was you know a former nfl offensive coordinator so they're running a lot of nfl stuff and and um i thought he'd make a quicker transition that he did that's for sure
0: yeah, he's he's had trouble uh, getting his foot in the door a little bit in the NFL. Sometimes all guys need is an opportunity, whether that be uh, you know a one or two years, getting some film and playing well, and then maybe moving on or or something to fall right for him. Which so many there's so many talented guys out there, right? That uh, they just just need the opportunity to play sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's just the fits is everything to me. You know, if, if your your skill set kind of kind of fits with what the coordinator wants to do and and what the head coach wants to do. And, um, it's just, obviously it just hasn't worked out well for him as of yet, but, uh, that can change quickly and you get yourself in the right system and, and, uh, feel comfortable back there doing what you're doing and get somebody to believe in you. He just has not had a lot of time. He had one year as a starter and I don't think he played the whole year. Fire Call in Arizona and then, you know, the signing and, and, um Miami, I think it was a year ago. you know he was kind of a i wouldn't say he was an afterthought, but he never really he never really got settled in there from uh from what I saw.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned things can change quickly. I mean, just look at this NFL season. I mean, Justin Herbert was a backup until a team doctor punctures the lung of the starting quarterback. He comes in and now he could be rookie of the year. He's played so well. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been a backup uh, in Philadelphia and uh, all of a sudden he gets an opportunity because Carson Wentz is struggling a little bit. Now, today he was named the starter for next week. Again, he's going to get his third straight start. It doesn't take a lot. And I guess the opportunity comes for guys, but the key is you got to take advantage of it when it comes
1: there's no question unless you're a first round draft pick well which josh was which is surprising it hasn't he hasn't had more of an opportunity usually first round draft picks get every opportunity in the world to make things happen but if you're not if you're a guy like jalen hurts who i think was a second rounder and you get a, you get a chance you gotta make it work and because um, you don't get a ton of opportunities now a guy like carson wentz i think he's a perfect example He's taking a lot of heat right now, and he hasn't played well, but he is a talented, talented football player. So uh, I don't know what will happen with him there in Philly, but he'll get another chance somewhere. And if he finds the right fit, that wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see him become the player he was a couple of years ago.
0: And and on the flip side, uh, the guy who took his place in Philadelphia for a while and won a Super Bowl there... Uh, took advantage of the opportunity got. Things aren't going all that well for him uh, right now in Chicago, but, I mean, he took advantage of the opportunity he got, got himself a nice big contract, uh, you know, he got some time in Jacksonville, now he's in, in Chicago, struggling right now, I know, uh, and, and has been replaced by Mitchell uh, Trubisky, but a uh, good example of the opportunity came, he took it, and he's set for life financially and probably for football, too.
1: Yeah, Nick's had just a rough go of it lately. You know, he had had such a great camp for us last year before the season started. And then, you know, he gets hurt 11 plays into the, um, into the season. And Gardner came in and played well. And then kind of a similar deal. You know, he went up there and Mitchell started. But then um, he had played well for a few weeks. And... You know, it just it just kind of went south on them. I think they had some injuries; they weren't protected real well, and and then Nick got banged up again. So that's the tough part. It's tough to stay healthy, and uh, a guy like Nick, he likes to sit in the pocket and <clears throat> kind of deliver the ball. And he takes some hits from time to time. It's just uh, it's kind of an unfortunate uh, circumstances he's had the last couple
0: of years. <laughs> we're seeing a lot of teams around the league right now signing uh, those American free agents, guys who, who aren't on the NAG list and they're, they're just outright free agents and a lot of guys, you know, I mean, there's a ton of football players playing college ball in the U.S. So a lot of these guys slip through the cracks in the NFL. A lot of these guys uh, you never hear of until they come to the Canadian Football League and make a mark for themselves. Uh, the, uh, the double E this week signed linebacker Antonio Jones uh, Davis and I know I was texting with you earlier today and, and you don't know a whole lot about him. He's one of those guys that you're going to have to look at when he comes to camp but uh i I guess there's a lot of guys in that category what i what i what i'm getting to as a as a coach uh there's a lot of players coming in who you don't know a lot about how much prep and homework do you do on these guys before camp starts you can kind of get a read on them before camp starts how much stuff do you watch on a guy like antonio jones davis or, or other guys who you don't know all that well who get signed to contracts and come into camp
1: yeah, it depends on what position it is. Um, a lot of the guys on offense, I'll see a lot more of uh, and have a better feel and probably a little bit more input on. Uh, I've seen Antonio Jones Davis. He's yeah, I've seen his college film at, at NIU, and he is a he is an emotional player. Like he's a guy fans will love because you can just see on film how how much he loves to play and compete, and he's full speed and he's you know, he's a sure tackler and, and, um, you know, he's one of those guys that's kind of, It's kind of hard to explain uh, scouting people, but like if he's blitzing, this guys like tiptoe through the line, not this guy. I mean, he is, he is full speed downhill. And, um, and, and he is an explosive sideline assigned fast player. So he looks like a guy that, uh, that fits our leg very well. Um, not sure you ever really know until you get him into camp, but he's a guy I'm excited about. I watched about, I watched about three running backs today that were similar type of guys that we haven't signed yet, but I'm um, excited about all those guys too. So um, it just kind of depends on the position, you know, certainly a quarterback yeah, I'm going to look at and a lot of times receivers and, and stuff like that. Defensive guys, I probably won't spend as much time on. No, will spend more time on those guys. But, and then we kind of circle back towards the – once we have our roster set, and we'll circle back uh, later in the spring – and just make sure that we've got all the guys, uh, in the right position. So we'll get a little bit more film from them and, um, and, and make sure we got them where we need to have
0: them. All right. You mentioned positions and guys you'll watch at, at certain positions. Tell me what's the biggest difference. What, what position has the biggest difference in the way you play it in the CFL compared to, uh, the NFL or NCAA? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, quarterback's very different, not from, you know, obviously a physical standpoint of kind to, you know, but the, the reading of defenses is very different. The mechanics of of having to, um, you know, have five, six guys possibly in motion, the the quick play clock, all that stuff's different for DBs. You know, having to cover a guy with a waggle is a totally new thing to, to all the American guys. And so <clears throat> that one, you know, that that's a, a big change. Um Offensive line, you know, I want to say it's not as big of a deal, but the whole yard off the ball thing will throw off an American player for a while because they must time their punch and same thing with with defensive linemen. So um, linebacker wise, you know, it's a little bit more similar with the exception of, you know, the size of the field and the weight teams attack uh defenses in the cfl so there's a little bit more that's why you see smaller linebackers in the cfl they got to be a little bit more athletic they got to be able to cover a little bit better which this guy we just signed i think can um but um those you know you get your special teams differences where with the halo and all that but so there's there's quite a few nuances that uh, that the new american players will have to grasp
0: all right, you're listening to the uh, Double E Coaches Show brought to you by uh, Jiffy Loop here on 630 Chit, the voice of Double E football. Morley Scott along with Scott we will take a break. We'll come back with more football talk here on 630 Chit. Welcome back to the show. This is usually the point of the show where I uh, give you an update on Monday Night Football, and reluctantly, as a Steelers fan, I'll tell you that Cincinnati's leading the Steelers 17-0 at the half. The Bengals lead the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, uh, Scott, that uh, has got to be a big shock to everybody in football to see that score at halftime tonight.
1: Yeah, I know my family's not going to be thrilled with that one. They're all all sitting around uh, hoping they end their losing streak, so... They're not—they're uh, not hitting the playoffs on a very good roll right
0: now. They got to get it together a little bit. Yeah, indeed. Uh, they spent most of the first quarter with uh, more punch than completions in their game. So uh, it was uh, it was a weird first quarter. 17 nothing. The uh, Bengals lead the Steelers at halftime. Uh, a great member of the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense for a few years and and, and a Hall of Fame football player uh, passed away today. Kevin Green died at the tender age of 58. Uh, shock to a lot of people. He's a guy that I imagine as an offensive coach... He's the kind of guy you always have trouble with because he was so good. I think he's, what, third or fourth all time in sacks? Just a guy who consistently got to the quarterback throughout his career.
1: Yeah, he he was a a great player, um, a legend, really, really in Pittsburgh, and um, I I had actually a good good story about him I had forgotten about until I I heard the sad news today. Um, I was home over Christmas break, one year when I was in college. And, uh, you know, we only live about 30 miles north of Pittsburgh, so my whole family's Steeler fans and grew up that way. So uh, they were going to the playoffs. And so back then, I don't know how it works now. Back then, if you wanted playoff tickets, you had to sleep out to get in line or you wouldn't get them. And um, it was below freezing. So me and my brother in law and my brother, we went up to Three River Stadium before it was Heinz Field and we had a tent. And we're in the parking lot, I don't know, 50 50 yards probably from the stadium, and they let you build fires right there on the concrete. So we had a tent and a fire, and it was freezing. And we had to stay there all night because the the gates didn't open until the morning to get the tickets. And we had a couple of beers, and, um, oh, I don't know what time it was, about 8 or 9 o'clock. And... uh, Somebody was coming around in a truck in the back of a pickup truck, and it was Kevin Green, and he was handing out. He must have had 100 boxes of pizza in the back of that truck, and um, he was just having a blast with all the fans. There was thousands of people sleeping out to get tickets. It was uh, it was really cool. You know, that's the way it is in Pittsburgh with the uh, the players and the fans and, and how much love there is for that team, and uh, really sad to see what happened today. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: that that uh, that's quite a community. That's that's one of my bucket list things. I've been a Steelers Steelers fan since uh, the Terry Bradshaw days uh, when I can first remember watching football. One uh, on my bucket list is, is to go to a game in Pittsburgh and see the Steelers play at home because I think it'd be pretty cool that atmosphere in Pittsburgh uh, with that, as you mentioned, with the fans and the players and everything. It seems pretty special.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. When we played them, when we played them in Jacksonville in the playoffs that year. Uh, I think it was the second round, and uh, and we're taking the bus into the game, and you kind of, you know, they line the streets where they know where the buses are coming from, where the opposing team's buses are coming from, and... I, there must have been 50 different people flipping us the burden. I remember I took a couple pictures and sent them to my family and just say, hey, it's good to be home, you know. <laughs> they uh, they have a lot of fun, and they live for the Steelers and cold weather, it doesn't matter. I'm, I assume it's, it's a lot like it is in Edmonton when we get things going, but uh, there's a lot of love for that team.
0: Yeah, not tonight. There's a lot of anger for that team tonight, I imagine. Down 17 nothing to Cincinnati at the half. We'll see how they rebound in the second half. Uh, these kind of interviews uh, late in the year, and especially for us, this is the final uh, coach's show in, uh, until the uh, end of the new year. Uh, it's kind of an opportunity to have a, a look back, and as we call it in the business, the old year ender. I imagine 2020 was probably the weirdest uh, year you've had uh, in your career, especially in your coaching career. Oh,
1: without a doubt. It's been... It's been... 30 some years, I guess, since I haven't had a football season whether it be as a player, or as a coach and, um, it was odd. It was odd not to be out there this year, especially, you know, once at first when you started seeing all the games, it was great because you got to see some, but then it started to make you like a little bit sour that we weren't playing and it was hard to not be out there. So, uh, it was great, you know, to get, to be home and reconnect with, with my family because I've been away for so long, but, um, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. It was a tough year.
0: I guess the best thing is we'll all appreciate it so much more when uh, 2021 comes and and the league gets back on the on the field.
1: Yeah, I would think so. That's certainly the hope. I hope that uh, the fans embrace us and and um, show everybody uh, how happy they are that we're back and, and support the teams. And hopefully, we'll we'll have COVID under control and, and we can get people in the stands and and um, share a great year together
0: indeed well scott it's been what we started in in early october so it's been almost uh, three months worth of shows i've really enjoyed it it's been nice uh, to get to know you a little bit to hear some stories and talk some football with you i uh uh it's going to be a different christmas for everybody as as it will be for you i wish you the best uh for you and your family this christmas and i look forward to uh uh hitting you up again earlier uh, in the new year and, and talking some more football as we get closer to training camp thanks scott and merry christmas to you and your family yeah you too morley thank you Great stuff. That is uh, Scott Milanovic, the head coach of the Double E football team. Uh, we'll probably be returned with the Coaches Show uh, probably sometime in February as well. The next big date on the CFL calendar will be uh, February the 9th, and that is Free Agency Day, and that's when Free Agency will open up, and uh, the next big date on the Edmonton football calendar, I think, will be in February at some point as well, as we hear a group of, uh, I don't know if we call them finalists or not, for the new name for the football club. Uh, the name will be made official, of course, coming up in uh april i believe first couple of weeks of april oh one more thing if you're looking for that old eskimo merchandise uh, it's on sale now until the end of this month after that it's gone you won't be able to get it anymore at uh the eskimo uh what is it s.shop.com so if you want to get some gear head there and get it still got time to get some christmas presents i would think my name's marley scott thanks for listening tonight i'll talk to you tomorrow morning on 6:30 ched mornings with uh, chelsea and Shay. good night everybody